Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the ASSFN podcast. I am Danica Paulo, a sixth-year neurosurgery resident at Vanderbilt, and I'm here uh, with one of my co-hosts, Tessa. Hi, my name is Tessa Harland, and I am a fourth-year neurosurgery resident at Albany Medical College. And today, we're pleased to have our featured speaker, Dr. Ellen Ayer, with us. Um, She holds many titles. Uh, She is the Neurosurgery Residency Program Director at Henry Ford Health System. Uh, She is also an associate professor at Wayne State University. And for the ASSFN, she is on the board of directors and is the secretary treasurer. So today, uh, our topic of discussion is going to be choosing the right fellowship. And Dr. Ayer, thank you for joining us for this discussion. Well, thank you so much for having me. This is a great pleasure. I have to admit, one of the most exciting things that I had the opportunity to be working on with ASSFN prior to assuming this role as secretary treasurer was working on the education committee and our steadfast dedication really to optimizing that process for our future functional neurosurgeons. Awesome. Great. Well, um, we're glad to have your insights here. Um, so this, this process is really applicable to people considering uh, fellowships, both in residency and post-grad fellowships, so really applicable to kind of the mid-year um, neurosurgery residents, but even the early on uh, first through third years that are considering this process. So these nuances um, may not be intuitive to those without uh, mentors or a developed functional program. Um, at their home program. So the goal of today's episode is to provide a clear roadmap um, to, of how to choose the right fellowship for those interested in pursuing functional neurosurgery. Well, and I would just add to that, that it is important, that distinction, that whether or not to pursue a fellowship can be uh, it, individual. It is an individual decision. There are some individuals who have had a very fulsome experience and even dedicated time in their residency in the areas of a functional neurosurgery and uh, may feel very comfortable pursuing a subspecialty or pursuing a, a role in a job that has a high functional uh, demand, functional neurosurgery demand to it um, without doing a formal fellowship. Uh, so what we what I'd like to help with here is kind of how you think about whether an additional fellowship beyond residency is right for you and how you go about that. And that kind of leads into the first question that we have for you in terms of the decision to pursue fellowship. So what are the reasons that people have for pursuing formal training in functional neurosurgery and what advantage does that offer? So in full uh, disclosure, I do not run my own fellowship program, but I am a residency program director. And so I advise many residents, both my own and those from other institutions or through this process and recognize very well, as I just mentioned, that there are some who are coming through their residency training, feeling like they've had a very solid experience and mentorship in functional neurosurgery and may or may not need an additional uh, period of time for fine-tuning their functional skills. Even for those individuals, as well as for those who don't feel like they've had that high level of focus on functional neurosurgery, 
there are many advantages to pursuing a fellowship. First and foremost is just seeing another way in which it can be done. There are so many nuances, particularly in functional neurosurgery, that being able to see multiple different approaches and thought processes is is really important. So even you know our own residents who have had an excellent functional fellowship, or excuse me, an excellent functional neurosurgery experience, I have personally still encouraged them to consider fellowships purely for the opportunity to explore other approaches, other institutions, um, other setups as to how you might run a practice. So essentially then it sounds like it is possible to have aspects of functional neurosurgery, you know, for example, DBS in your practice without fellowship training. I know a number of excellent functional neurosurgeons who have done so by focused training within their residency. They have done it by spending specific time with the functional neurosurgeons in their residency training. And so, yes, I do believe that that is possible. And there's, unlike pediatric neurosurgery, for instance, or interventional neuroendovascular where there is a prescribed and formal fellowship required, functional neurosurgery is not in that uh, situation. That being said, I think that a fellowship is absolutely invaluable because of the exposure to new ways of thinking and new approaches. And in particular, in a field like functional neurosurgery, where advancement is happening all the time. The intersection of ideas from so many individuals is what helps move us forward. And so as an individual going into the field to be part of that and experience it and seek new ways of of approaching patient care, I think just serves you very well in moving to uh, your career. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you describe kind of like the timeline or process for applying to a functional fellowship? Yeah, absolutely. I, I have to say, and I, I can take zero credit for this. This is all predecessors ahead of me in ASSFN who have spearheaded this. But I am incredibly proud of ASSFN and functional neurosurgery for making a stand early on that we are not going to be offering fellowship positions more than two years in advance of the start of the fellowship date. And it appears that other fellowships are across neurosurgery are going to be following that pattern down the road. You know, for a lot of people, functional neurosurgery isn't something they really get to bite their teeth into until a little bit into residency. So how can you know that that's really what you want to do? So for us to say no more than two years in advance means that the focus is then in the fifth year of residency on interviewing and connecting with potential fellowship directors and then anticipating making a decision by the end of that year as you start your sixth year. Great. And I know that there's a really helpful website on the ASSFN uh, homepage um, 
that has a list of programs and their program directors and contact info. So uh, that would be a really good place to start for anyone who's who's interested. Absolutely. Uh, ASSFN has worked very hard to maintain that to be up to date and accurate. And it's it is very important to take a look at that and all the varied opportunities that are out there. As we all know here, here chatting, you know, functional neurosurgery spans a number of areas, epilepsy, movement disorders, pain, etc. And the emphasis amongst those sub areas of functional neurosurgery, you know, varies quite a bit across fellowship opportunities. And if you're somebody who's really focused, say, on epilepsy, then you want to be finding a fellowship program that has that emphasis um, versus, you know, being more focused in pain or movement disorders. And so uh, the, the spectrum is, is there. And there are some programs that have uh, quite a balance between those main areas. So targeting your outreach to fellowship directors uh, will be far more effective if you kind of start out by stepping back and saying, which aspects are most important to me? Or do I want to be in a position where I can do all of those different areas? That would then guide the type of fellowship you might pursue. So along those lines, how, you know, you have this list of all the fellowships, um, but how do you go about finding the strengths of the fellowship, you know, and exposure to the different subfields within functional, so epilepsy, movement disorders, et cetera, to make sure that it is, you know, meeting your own interests? Look, where is the best place to kind of find that information? Well, I'd like to think it's through the ASSFN website so that you can look at the links that each of the uh, fellowship directors have provided and the information that they have provided to, to give you some guide around there. Also, just reaching out to functional nurses, hopefully those in your own program, any of the members of the ASSFN board of directors are always also willing and able to help in and helping guide you. So besides, you know, considering, you know, the the strengths in terms of the subfields within, um, you know, functional, what other factors do you think are important in determining which fellowships to apply to? So clinical area focused, as we talked about, important. Also, if there are certain types of technology and approaches that you have not experienced, that you want to gain that experience in before starting a uh, independent practice, that would be another reason to, to look. I think another is also the balance of type of research you may want to do. So in functional neurosurgery, the reality is, is that most of us are lab geeks some degree and we are all you know pursuing a variety of scientific endeavors and where your interest fits with the type of work that's being done at the fellowship is also a good uh, connection to be to be looking for to help set you up for the types of roles you want to be taking after fellowship 
Now, does, you know, the reputation, you know, of the the program or the reputation of, you know, the person that you would be working with, do those factor in? And, you know, is there one or the other that's more important? Certainly. I, you know, I, I hesitate around that because I look at the list of individuals and programs that we have on the ASSFN site and know those individuals, directors, all the incredibly solid educators and clinicians and individuals who are there to promote their their fellows. I do think that connecting with your fellowship director is really important. You know, for most of us, you've gone through training, you've worked with a lot of attendings, uh, maybe you've had a few months here or there where you've been attached to one attending, but for the most part, you're working with a group. In your fellowship, you're really attached to maybe one or you know two or three individuals for that entire year. So connecting with them really strongly is, is very helpful for your own development and growth. And uh, finding individuals who are interested in developing you in the ways that you need, right, that are, are sort of listening and saying, um, okay, this is what your goal is, let me help you get there. So I, I, it does take a lot of conversation and, and trying to get, the, get to know the individual. And what about the decision to pursue an intramural fellowship or enfolded fellowship or staying at the same place post-grad, the same institution, versus doing a post-grad extramural fellowship? What are the advantages and disadvantages of those? So there's obviously the year advantage of whether or not you spend another year before you start your your final adult job, shall we say. I absolutely get that. And the opportunity to work with somebody in a focused way in an enfolded fellowship, I think is is wonderful. There are some opportunities out there. I know they're kind of limited, but they are they do exist for being able to go to another institution and, in, you know, for that year of, of enfolded fellowship. Personally, for me, if someone's going to spend an extra year after residency, I don't think it's, it's wrong at all to continue to work with those individuals that you, that you trained with because it's going to be a completely different uh, environment, very different uh, teaching and learning environment. But if you're going to spend that year, is there an advantage to seeing another way that others approach patient care and approach these same problems? Uh, I have just really benefited so much from that myself that I will admit that's my bias. Frankly, the decision to make, uh, to do an extra year of fellowship. In fact, I will tell you, I had this conversation with a former resident who really felt like they just had to get out in, into practice. And we kind of sat back and looked at what the differences would be in terms of starting practice one year later or not. And it's, it's minimal, right? That investment of one year is, I think, very, very worth it for anybody who's considering it. Uh, and feels like that would fit their professional path. Uh, I don't think 
you know, given the scheme of all this spending seven years in training an extra year, it's not that much. <clears throat> and does pursuing a functional fellowship necessarily commit you to uh, an academic neurosurgical, functional neurosurgical career? Oh, absolutely not. I think there are so many opportunities in functional and really functional neurosurgery is the future. It is where everybody is looking for your expertise. And there are many, many communities out there that don't have access to functional neurosurgery for movement disorders, for epilepsy that really need it. And hospitals and you, you, even uh, you know smaller universities where you're not necessarily a hardcore you know academic running a basic science lab kind of situation. There are so many opportunities out there where they want to be able to provide that service to the community. It is it there you can sort of write your ticket. I think these days it's almost probably a little bit harder if you want to be running a bench lab. Or running a very focused research effort and and being a, a functional uh, role as well. How many fellowships do people generally apply to? Thankfully, it's considerably less than when they applied to residency. I think most people that as I've experienced it and talked to them, they're in the sort of four to seven or you know, maybe eight. I think that's probably on the high end range. Most individuals are able with some exploration to hone it to just a couple. And I think that's very appropriate. So in terms of, you know, other things to consider about, um, you know, fellowships, like what should you expect to think about in terms of other clinical obligations or responsibilities during, you know, fellowship, like attending call, teaching duties, things like that? Those can be so variable depending on the institution that you're going to, and also the context of their residency program. So there are going to be some where they are encouraging you to take basically junior staff call and be the primary individual um, covering call, and then many where you're just you know kind of available if there are certain functional neurosurgical issues that arise. You know, I, I don't think there's a there's a right or a wrong. I will say for myself, I was fortunate that in my fellowship, you know, I didn't have call responsibilities, but I did have the opportunity to work with some of the junior residents. So that did provide some teaching opportunity and experience uh, that I wouldn't otherwise have had. But it's it's quite variable. Along those lines, how about? research so expectations of research during fellowship you know how much time are you generally expected to dedicate towards research and that kind of thing most functional fellowships do involve do require an element of research and full disclosure that's also kind of a requirement in landing the fellowship to begin with right that you have participated in intellectual discovery and writing papers and uh, specific interest in functional neurosurgery prior to going into the fellowship. So that is something that, even though we've delayed the locking in your choice until the end of your fellowship, if you're getting to your third or fourth year and are thinking about going into functional neurosurgery, 
showing some interest and skill in functional nursery-related research is important. Most fellowships do involve a you know, significant component. I think I probably spent a day a week um, involved in academic work. The difference is how basic versus translational versus clinical that research fits into and trying to match that with what you are hoping to do as an attending would be a recommendation I'd have uh, trying to get more experience in how you run your clinical practice while doing the type of research that you want to be doing in your final job. Using your fellowship as a little bit of a, a practice ground for that would be good. And how important or common is it to apply for funding for your research prior to or, or during fellowship, especially if you're considering a career in academic uh, functional neurosurgery? That's quite variable because it really does depend a lot on whether you're going to a different institution and whether the area of research you might be working on is an extension of work you've already done. Many, many fellowship directors, if the work that you're proposing to do fits in what they're doing and you know, you know, you sort of made that commitment, there is time in that, you know, one to two years in advance to try and apply for funding. Most fellowships, I don't think, are requiring that. In order to do that work, they're sort of anticipating that's part of your contribution to being there for the year um, and that they have funding for their work. But it doesn't mean you can't do that. So if you have something really focused that you're interested in pursuing during fellowship and the fellowship director is also committed and focused to that, Applying for funding is absolutely something that can be done. So you mentioned in terms of, you know, your third or fourth year, once you sort of made the decision that you are interested in pursuing, you know, a functional fellowship, you mentioned, you know, having research um, pertaining to that. What else can you do during residency to help make yourself a competitive applicant for fellowship? First and foremost is being a really good resident at your own institution and having the attendings that you work with day in and day out be able to go to bat for you, vouch for you and say, this is a solid person and I highly recommend them for your fellowship because they are going to you know, do exactly what you're hoping for. I think it also helps to get involved that is able and some of the national neurosurgical opportunities. So participating in mentorship opportunities, such as through ASSFN, uh, if you are able to attend a meeting and be able to meet individuals, even if that's at one of the other national neurosurgical meetings, it is always good to network uh, as, as able. But fundamentally, people will end up calling your residency director, your uh, the functional neurosurgeons that you've been working with, and, and ask about you, and that really goes a long way. So, as the program director, you know, to you when you're looking at applications, you know, what is important? You know, an important factor that you consider when looking at applicants. 
I'm interested in individuals who are constant, constantly inquisitive. I think for functional neurosurgery in particular, that's critical. The field is moving so fast that coming into it, we cannot assume that the practice that we're learning in our fellowship is anywhere near the practice that we're going to have 10, you know, even 10 years down the road. So constant inquiry and dedication to, to learning to me is fundamental. And for those applicants who don't have functional neurosurgery at their home program or don't have a busy functional neurosurgery program, um, or does that put them at a, a disadvantage? And are there any ways to compensate for that? I'd probably be lying if I said that there's no disadvantage because it is helpful to have more experience in an area before going into it. And fellowship directors knowing that you have a really good sense of what it is you're getting into. That being said, it is absolutely not a requirement whatsoever that that happens within your own institution. Reaching out to ASSFN for mentorship opportunities or participating in the um, activities of the organization, you know, participating in meetings, those can go just as far as having a home functional neurosurgery mentor. Those are great points. And um, do you have any other takeaways or advice um, for our listeners that we haven't touched upon yet? I'm not sure there's something in particular other than to say it is such a great field. I continue to be inspired by it. And I'm not sure that a decade plus ago when I was going into fellowship, I would have imagined this level of enthusiasm for it today. But I have it because the science keeps moving, the techniques keep improving, and our ability to truly impact the lives of our patients is expanding. And I can't imagine an area in neurosurgery, but another area that I'd rather be in. I, I totally agree with you. And I think those of us interested in the field definitely share those sentiments. So thank you so much for talking with us uh, on this episode tonight. And, and for our listeners, uh, don't forget to follow us at uh, ASSF Neurosurgery on Twitter uh, and stay tuned for future episodes.